Welcome to Rap In Order, the interrogation of a hip-hop album, where we take some of the culture's most beloved hip-hop albums, put them on the stand, see if they stood the test of time. Now let's see who we got on the stand today. Welcome to another episode of Rap In Order. I'm First Class Reg. I'm Tori and B. And um, today we're taking it to the Bay, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Um, we're going we're gonna to visit a mixtape, a debut mixtape. From a young lady by the name of Kamaya. Kamaya released A Good Night in the Ghetto in 2016. Um, she is distributed through 400 Entertainment, which is um, YG, mm -hmm. YG's label. Um, and I first started listening to Kamaya around that time. I want to say 2015. I yeah, got introduced to did. yeah. I I got introduced to her music, and I was listening to this mixtape a lot. I remember telling James about it. I was um, James is our DJ friend. Um, so anytime somebody would drop that I feel like I know about before James, I'd be like, "Yo, you need to listen to Kamaya." So like, how does it feel? Was her debut single? And I remember I sent it to him, and I was like, "Yo, this is fucking fire." He was like, "Yo, it is." Now and around that time, we had just a a slew of different new upcoming artists like Dej Loaf was around that time. Mm -hmm. Um Dej came out with, you know, um Try Me. with Try Me around that time. Um but Kamaya it was just something about her sound that I really liked because it was reminiscent of like the cash money days for me. Cash money, no limit, uh not necessarily Mia X because Mia Mia X was more lyrical and Kamaya is more like a feel it's like it, it just flows with the beat, right. the production, everything. Um, but I've always really liked this mixtape. And so when the opportunity came for us to actually talk about it, you know, I jumped at it. So what do you what did you think about it? Um, at first, like I didn't want to like this album. Um, mm -hmm. When you picked it out, it was like I wrote my like, oh, God, here goes another one of like Reg's pet projects of an of a, um, episode that we want to do. Mm -hmm. But I like I vividly remember like you were like really like behind her when um in 2015, so I was just like all right let me you know listen to this project, and I I from from the from the start to finish like I enjoyed it um I actually understood like what she was doing with the project mm -hmm. it was pretty much talking about like a night out there in the bay yeah and it was just like a good it was just good vibes and like. She gave she like I could tell like a lot of her influences come from like Missy from the Brat yeah. from Mia X from Gangsta Boo, mm -hmm. um, obviously you know Bay Area legends like um, Too Short, um, E Forty, mm -hmm. Mac Dre. Um, she just gave me like those vibes and like she she is the anthem queen. Yeah, yeah. Like she's very very good at anthems, and I was like very curious. So I I'm not sure, and I purposely didn't research it. But does she like collaborate with Mustard a lot? Uh, outside of a few songs, I don't think she does. I don't understand how like Mustard doesn't use her like more for like her hook. Like yeah. Mustard, um, Hitmaker, like she's very very like good at hooks and like understanding certain things. And um, listening to this album, I, was, I mean this mixtape. Well, shit, mixtapes ain't mixtapes no more. Mm -hmm. Listen to this album project. I was just like, yo, like I'm I fuck with it and I get it. Is like she's obviously 
she's not as lyrical as Rhapsody. She's mm-hmm. not as sexy as Megan or Cardi. Um, and she doesn't have, like, the charisma that, like, um, a Nicki or a Doja Cat might have. Right. But what she does have is the hood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, where yeah. she's from. And it's, like, a regional thing that she, like, And gets. they fucking love her. Yeah. And I, and I really think that, like, if we went out to the Bay, like, mm-hmm. they would probably, like, look at us weird for, like, not knowing her music. Like, yeah. You know, and I just think, like, damn, like... It sucks that it, it's it's a blessing and a curse because it's like obviously like she like she making her music for like where she's from mm-hmm. and you can tell like she's highly influenced by that but it also sucks that like radio or like just not even radio like just how like sometimes like certain certain genres can like just get stuck where it's at mm-hmm. and like you know a couple people like if you know you know but mm-hmm. I I was listening to it like damn like why isn't she like a bigger artist because. I feel like a lot of women would get behind like a lot of the anthems that she makes. Like a lot of the songs on here, I'm like, these are a lot of sentiments that like women make all the time. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's just that like I I don't know like if if she doesn't want to be pushed or like you know like she's cool like where she's at and like every artist don't gotta be you know these world renowned big artists. But I just I was just, I'm just always curious about that. Like what like what what is it that like what is it what does it take to get this artist to the next to the next level? I think. I think um I think they have been trying with her cuz like I didn't realize back then how how green she was like how new she was mm-hmm. and I I just listening because I just so happened to catch her at the beginning of her career like so I was listening and then just from here literally from hearing how does it feel which is her first single to hearing where she is now she just released a deluxe from her last um from I think her third or fourth project the other day um but I've been listening to all her projects since. But, like, I think they are trying. It's just that she doesn't have the typical image, the image that sells. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, right now... She's cross colors. Yeah, yeah. So, like, she and she's a um, she's a heavier set woman. She she doesn't look like Meg or look like Cardi or look like all these... Like, she's not in that field, you know, mm-hmm. but... She holds her own with the guys. She's like this hook person. I think they need to hone in on that and she'll be fine. I think right now she has the consistency, like her projects are consistently good. It's just that she doesn't have the overall appeal of those other artists. But I think she'll be fine. Yeah, I think it I think it'll come. I mean, like I like it when her and YG works together. Absolutely. Yeah, same. I yeah. think that I think and then, you, know, you know what? Her and G Easy have a record together. Mm-hmm. But I think that G Easy like, shouted her out on um on one of his biggest records. Yeah, the, that joint with uh, it ain't safe. It ain't safe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He shouted her out on that because yeah, like I'm I'm saying like you know and G Easy like he's from the Bay Area, but like he he like makes sure he pays homage and acknowledges like you know the people that came before him. Like obviously you know he's a white man in a black space. I was just about to say he has to. So you know, but I just think that like she she like she gives me like. She's not as talented as Missy Elliott, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying that, like, as far as, like, body images and stuff like that, like, so I'm just wondering what it's going to take for her to break through. Like, with Missy, like, Missy was in- incredibly talented, so, yeah. like, there was no denying it. Like, you couldn't keep shutting doors on Missy, so mm-hmm. I just wonder what Kamaya, like, she'll probably have to, like, it'll probably, it probably will take one collab with, like, Megan, who I absolutely think, like, Megan can step into Kamaya's world and, like, yeah. kill it and, like, make it yeah. bigger. Um, you know, something like that, like with like I think like she can go to the next level. Even like Doja Cat, because like Doja Cat is really versatile, and mm-hmm. I think it's definitely a different sound. And she's from the West Coast, so I know that she's familiar with that sound. And she bald now, so 
you know, you never you never know. I don't know what's gonna happen with her, you know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like and this album got like it got really good ratings too. Like it yeah. didn't get anything like below like like an eight mm-hmm. as far as out of ten like with the ratings. So be curious to see what our ratings will be at the end of this. Yes. So um that gets us into I'm on. I'm on is produced by Drew Banger. How'd you feel about it? Um, this is perfect because if you don't know anything about her, like she kinda like tells you like where she came from. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's the opening of, of to like her, like she's telling you, like pretty much just laying down all the groundwork, telling you like what's going on. And if I'm listening to this project, like I'm like, all right, she's taking me step by step, getting me prepared like for what's going on in her life. And now she's like, all right, now you know we'll get into you know getting ready to have like a good night mm-hmm. in the ghetto, <laughs> out yeah. here in my hood. Um, I remember when I didn't have cash for rent. Like she's so like mm-hmm. she says like these really heavy things, but like makes melodies out of them. Yeah, it's so it's so cool to me. That's what that's what captured me about her. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, and this beat is crazy. Yeah, it, it's a sample from somewhere, right? I it like is. I've a, heard this it is before. a sample. Yes. Uh, did I? Did I? No, it I sounds I like um. It sounds like who do you love? No, I'm sorry. Yes, it's it's Trackmasters beat by it's Trackmasters the Who Do You Love um yes. song for uh for, for LL Cool J with Toto. Right. And that that's a that's a sample that's a soul sample yeah, it's from the, another from a from another group in the seventies. I don't know um who that who they are. I'm pretty sure you can find it right now mm-hmm. if you look. But I'll continue to talk. So um I'm hearing that shit and I'm just like, yo, like how like like this, this is such like an yeah. infectious. You, so it's "Who Do You Love" by Bernard Wright. Bernard Wright. Okay, yeah. there you go. Mm-hmm. So like it's it's infectious and like the way to start it off like that was perfect. Like yeah. the way how they did that. Yeah. So the track masters took that and flipped it, and then she took it and flipped it, and I actually like a little. Uh, no, I still like track masters be better. I, mm-hmm. I was about to say some blasphemous shit, but I, I like. Uh, <laughs> I like how she used that for the opening. I, I do too. Cool. I do too. I think the placement was perfect. Um, that takes us into out the pot, out the bottle. Sorry, featuring Zay M. And um, it's produced by CT Beats. This shit is hard. Yeah, it's hard, and like I definitely I get it. She's talking about like... drinking, drinking a fucking forty out the bottle, getting mm-hmm. ready for the night, pre gaming. You know, she's in the crib getting dressed, getting ready. You know, drinking. You know, trying to get ready for the vibes for the night. It's like, just so yeah, it's so fucking catchy. How much I drunk last night? Shit, I can't recall. Like it's just like everything that she said. It's like on some Nelly shit. Yeah, yeah. That's like she, how Nelly would rap. She gets it. I just think it just sucks that certain artists are just just come out at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe that's a good thing because it's like you know it kind of gives you that nostalgic feel. So like you know some people be like, oh, they don't make music like the nineties no more. No, yeah. The artist that that you hearing on the radio, but there's an artist here. You go, Kamaya right, right here. Yeah, Kamaya will give you that feel. Man. I can't. She, I don't think I, I. I would be really, really surprised if if I play this for someone and they say they don't like it. Yeah. Or it's not good because it's just like how like this is very catchy, very easy to listen to, very easy to get through. Mm-hmm. It's um. It's. In that in that vein, it's fucking perfect, man. Mm-hmm. I, it's just a fun album. Mm-hmm. Um, that's followed by Hoochie Hotline in the Lude, which is just a quick, you know, snippet. But then, yeah. so I want to talk about that. that. So mm-hmm. she has some of the, this album has some of the best interludes that I've heard in a long time. Uh, interludes is a very lost art, and I think that she fully gets it. And I love the phone call interludes. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of like Mace, Cameron, Jay Z did it back in the day. Puff mm-hmm. did it. Like I always enjoyed that. Like Master P also did it, right? So 
I like how she incorporated it into the album and like you know she's acknowledging like yeah like we like you know like I thought Hoochie like died but apparently on the West Coast uh, being a Hoochie is still like a thing <laughs> so I just thought that was really it's cool. always been a funny word yeah it's a funny ass word when you hear it so I'm just like oh shit uh, alright cool like Hoochie like that's that's the word and um, <laughs> you know I just like I really I enjoy every single one of the and I, I don't skip them I listen yeah. to them going, because it sets up the next track exactly. for each one because exactly. it's the same beat and it just flows right into mm-hmm. it and this one flows right into Niggas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's produced by CT Beats. She's just going off about her team, like her her roster. Yeah. Niggas that she got on some Yo, girls, girls, girls shit. I don't understand it. I don't understand how she's not like bigger with the females. Um, and excuse me to the women who don't like to be called females. I was just saying. But like she's not bigger like with a lot of women. And it doesn't make sense to me because mm-hmm. like this is something like, all right, we got a homegirl. Her name is Illy. Shout out to Illy. All Illy talks about is her niggas and her roster of men that she has all the time. If you mm-hmm. if you follow her, her, her Twitter <laughs> at is Flaw, Flaw, Flawless Diamonds. Yeah, I think it's all flawed. Flawed Diamond on, on, on Twitter. All she talks about is how many niggas she got, the next nigga, next nigga stand up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm cool. So it's just like when I when I'm, I think about her and I'm like, I know Illy won't be mad if I talk about it. It's just like she, this is like, this is literally. Word for word, bar for bar, how, how Illy constantly brags about how she always got somebody lined up next. So I just find and the it chorus funny. of this song is literally, I got niggas, I got niggas, I yeah. got niggas. <laughs> That's the hook. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just it's just one of those things. And I'm like, damn, like, there's so many girls that, like, use, like, this lingo and persona. So I just don't know. I don't know why Kamaya is not a bigger artist. Yeah. And this is, like, the equivalent to the, to the Bill Burr joke, right? Like... People are always saying like how like women in sports like don't make the equivalent to men in sports, so like mm-hmm. they don't get the attention. Y'all need to start buying these albums and mm-hmm. going to these girls' concerts and mm-hmm. buying their merch to make them bigger artists. It's not yeah. stop putting this shit on men. Y'all this be, music's not for us. Yeah, because y'all be liking the niggas that we like to impress us. Like yeah. girls, girls be saying that they fuck with Griselda and it, and shit, and it's like that's cool. But yeah, I mean Kamaya right there. Go fuck with Kamaya, man. She's fuck fucking Kamaya. dope. She's cool, man. Um. <laughs> But fuck it up, fuck it up. Features YG. YG this beat, this, this beat is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their chemistry is really underrated. I think they, what's the song that they got with Drake? Remember that oh, song? Oh, I know you talking. Oh, I'm can't... the nigga. I'm the nigga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and, and she's on the hook to that. Yeah, and they killed that together. Yo, it's, a, it's that's an amazing track. And mm-hmm. like they give me Ice Cube and Yo Yo vibes. Yes. Ooh. Ten for ten today with the with the references. Yeah, man. Um, I think I think what Kamaya does that's so cool is that like yeah she can she can hold her own with these guys. You're not looking to her for the lyrical content. You're just looking to her to compliment the song, and that's what she does throughout this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And and I think YG understands her unlike any other artist does. Right. And I would love to read about how he even um discovered her. Or you know, absolutely, especially because yeah. she's like up north, yeah, like, in the bay, like, yeah. So I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know how he came across her. What propelled him to like be like, yo, you about to take off? I don't know what it is. But YG also like he kind of has like an interesting um, legacy too, right? Because it's not that he even has a bad album. People know who YG is. I don't think people expected him to be around as long as he's been around either. Because My Crazy Life came out in, what, 2013? Mm-hmm. I know it came out after Good Kid, mm-hmm. and Good Kid was 2012. 
And it was this concept album that niggas did not expect it to be. And then he came out with Still Brazy, uh, Stay Dangerous. Like, he's just been out, and he's been finding his way in fashion. Yeah, and man, the hard bottom came. Yeah, yeah. But then he he be doing some weird shit, too. Like, he did that video with Tyga where they, like, dressed up like white chicks. Yeah. Yeah, but the song was okay. But yeah, it's just man, like, I'm, bro. I'm cool with it. I just You don't know what? I, I think YG is no different than Tyler Creator, just that YG kills people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, allegedly. I, allegedly, yeah. In his music, yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I just feel like, you know, he's a gangbanger and shit like that. So we kind of expect him not to have like a, a eclectic or goofy side. But like we can tell by like his fashion sense and shit like that. Like we thought that was for the album rollout. But like this man has that's, stuff that's to like the cowboy dressed. boots and hard bottoms. And, and it's funny because it's like we see Kendrick now wearing the cowboy boots. And it's like, fuck out of here, Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Like YG been on the cowboy YG boots. YG been doing that. Kicking up right. dust. Yeah, YG had throw some cargo shorts on with some hard bottom shoes and white socks. Yeah, yeah, and socks pulled all the way to his fucking knees. Yeah, man, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. With a, with a blade, that, with a blade leather jacket. He has that fucking. <laughs> he has that freedom, and he has dope merch too. Yeah, he does. Um, Break You Down is the next song on here. Mm-hmm. It's produced by CT Beats. How you feel about it? I just picture Kamaya like slipping off her like baggy cross colored jeans. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy that's probably why a lot of women can't that or people can't take us serious because it's like when you listen to her yeah she's a tomboy and it's like her demeanor and her swag is so like boisterous and so i don't know i don't even know how to describe it but yeah, she like the brat yeah the brat first yeah but yeah you're right it is in a lot of ways like the brat because it's like the way she comes across is like when you listen to her lyrics, you almost expect her to rap about men. I mean, about women. Yeah, like but she's she's, yeah, she's she talking clearly, about she clearly dudes. likes men. She yeah, don't, yeah, she don't want shit to do with women. Yeah, she's talking about guys. So like hearing something like this, this is still super dope, super super swag, and that beat is amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, that takes us into. Yeah, the Hoochie Highline and the Lulu too. Good. That was shit. Yeah. Good lead in to come back. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, and then that goes straight into the transition is straight into yeah. come back. Right. Yeah. Um, nah, this is like some some typical hood shit. You know, you get into a fight, you know, which is sniffing mm-hmm. your other and everything like that, but you ain't expecting to really fucking leave. Like you're you know, you like, yo, come come back here. And I just expect the dude that she's dating to look like Ice Pick from um uh don't be a menace while you're drinking your juice in the hood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she does, like, yeah. Like he got, like, the dookie, like, the dookie braids or yeah. whatever like that to the side. And they side. have a super toxic. Yeah, they got a super toxic relationship. And then, like, they always, like, wind up back together and mm-hmm. shit. And they probably commit robberies. Like, yo, they together. just get each other. That's just them. Yeah, that's just them. Mm-hmm. Like, they be having, like, drag out fights, but don't get in their business. Yeah. <laughs> that And that's followed up with uh, How Does It Feel, which was her lead single, her debut single. Mm-hmm. Um I really, like I said, I really liked this song back then a lot. Um, Pitchfork. Yeah, I this song. This was the, this was the, the, this was like my only, besides the that song with, with Drake and YG and like a couple of her features, this was like the only song that I had like a recognition because mm-hmm. I listened to it because you kept talking about her. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that I took this long to listen to it because now I get to hear a lot of her music for the first time and it's kind of like refreshing. Yeah. Um. This is, this was really dope. This was named uh, as one of Pitchfork's best songs of 2015 that mm-hmm. year. 
Um, and twenty fifteen was a big year, so that yeah. was a big deal for her. Um, but it's just a feel like like the rest of this album. It's just a feel good song. She loves talking about her inner circle a lot. She talks about the people that she came up with a lot. And I think she holds that very, very near and dear that she's still around the same people yeah. that she had before in her circle. Uh, anthems are lost art and music. Now. Yeah. And, and it's just full of anthems. You want to know what's Remember when Callie used to make anthems? Who? Khaled? Yeah. Yes. Well, he kind of still does. He, he does. made they're, they're not... He works with the same... I, I guess for the last two albums, he hasn't. But like... Before it used to be the same rotation of people: Lil Wayne, Ross. fucking Rick Ross, Ti. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. Like he stopped. Like there's a there's a point like where he stopped, and I like I think like where he had like one hit produced. Like I think it might have been like the Rihanna song or like I'm on one. Like it was one of those songs that he had, and then like oh, once he saw that, he was like, All right, fuck I don't got to do these huge like collaboration songs and everything like that. Like he kind of like changed. Like what he was doing was normal of what DJs would do. They would mm-hmm. they would have a, a a track and they would ask for verses and then mm-hmm. they would put the verses together, and then he was just like, no, I'm gonna get like with one artist or whatever like that. And I think Drake might have been like the catalyst for that. Yeah, like where he was just like, yo, I don't need uh like a whole team of artists to like want to like fuck with this song that I got. Like Drake is so big, Drake is enough, mm-hmm. and it worked. True. I don't, I don't like that he does. Well, we'll talk about that later. I kind of want Khaled to stop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just period. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so How Does It Feel was a big song for, for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it and it kind of led the way and kind of opened the doors for her. Mm-hmm. It brings us into Mo Money, Mo Problems, which is produced by WTF Nonstop. This is a great song. Excellent the feel song. of this. I wish this was this song was pushed as a single. Yeah, she released a really fun video for this back then too. Um, this was this also has a notable sample. I could look that up. Yes. Um, Only Human from Jeffrey Osborne, which was released in 1990. It's that whole like that whole part. That's that's the sample. Okay. Um but this was a huge. This was a big song for her, and I think I think it could have been bigger. It should have been bigger, but it was a really good song. Okay, so next we got what? This is the final uh, Hoochie Hotline. Yeah. Yep. Part three. Part three, the final one. Um, yeah, man, she killed it with these interludes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And it, and it kind of just leads right into "Ain't Going Home." Right. So with uh, produced home. by Link Up. Ain't going home like makes me think about um, House Party, the kid and play movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think that like what she was doing with that, like she was killing that shit. Like this shit is fucking amazing. Like yeah. this this song like just makes me think of that shit. Makes me think of like Robin Harris like possibly like walking in to like beat beat one of his kids' ass or some shit. Like yeah, right. Rest in peace, Robin Harris. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, this is a. Uh... This is in the vein of like house party and shit. It's like I, I think this whole mixtape is kind of in the vein of house party, even yes. with the interludes. It, it's um, and, and I think that's the fun part of it, where it's like, yo, you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. Um, this also has a um, this has a sample from Earth, Wind, and Fire on it. Mm. Um, that like, doom, 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 yeah, doom, okay. doom, doom. yeah, it's uh. Uh, yeah, let's groove. Let's groove. <laughs> yeah. So um this is this is a very notable song for me. I think it's kind of like the the culmination of all three of the interludes kind of was leading to this. 
And then that leads us into Swing My Way. Swing My Way is produced by One Oak. She raps to her niggas with guns to their heads. <laughs> like, hey, we go together. Like, for real, like that shit, like what, what, what um, Young Miami did with Puff, it was uh-huh. real bad. Like, real she, bad. She's like, nigga, we go together. And if, and if you break my heart, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Pretty much. And it's like, yo, you got it, mom. He, what he said? What did he say today? He was like, "Yeah, it's whatever you want." Yeah, he was like, "We, we." He, she was like, "We go together." He was like, "We go together." She was like, "Real bad." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, is that show even still going? Yeah, it's still going. Um, she had Kevin Gates on her show, and he scared her to fucking half to death. Mm. I think Kevin Gates was talking about eating her, eating her ass right then and there. Like talking about her. Yeah, he was like, "Oh no," he said. Um, she was like, "What would you do if I cheated on you?" He was like, "Did you record it?" <laughs> and she was like, I mean, he was like, you got to record it and show me. Like, I want to watch that shit. I want to see how a nigga fuck you so I can fuck you better. And like, she was so scared. <laughs> like, she was like, excuse me? Yo, I got to watch that. Kevin Gates is a fucking character, yo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, So, yeah. So, Swing My Way is some, like, gangsta anthem type shit. All right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah. So, Swing My Way is kind of, like, in that vein where, like, Threatening your dude and um, knowing what you want, being too much, knowing your value, which which is the theme of this album, right? Which is what she raps about a lot on it. Um, Mm -hmm. And also, like, yeah, like you brought up the brat. I would love to see what she would have did with the brat back then. Absolutely. I I don't know, like, what space the brat brat is as far as making music. but Yeah, now. I I would like to get some music from the brat. I don't think she's even for it right now. Right. But um, yeah, I would have loved to get some music from Debrat uh, around with her. Mm-hmm. Um, Freaky Freaks. It's produced by Track Trackademics. Trackademics. Yes. Freaky 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 Freaks. Yeah. So this like gives me um, MC Hammer pumps in the bumps vibes. Pumps and she, in the bumps. she shouts out MC Hammer on the track. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people might not know, but like you know. The image that we had of MC Hammer is that like he's just like this like God fearing church guy mm-hmm. from the Bay that like wears big pants or speedos, but he's a fucking thug and yeah. very well respected out there in the Bay. Pumps and the Bumps is actually what changed his image. Yeah, he that's well, what that's what had people be like, oh, this nigga he is. He did that, and then like he started. That was when like he started like wearing like the football jerseys mm-hmm. and like the cargo pants and the boots and shit like that. Um, because like he he just blew up so fast. He was like, I'm just. I'm just trying to like pay my my bill. Like he did a lot of shit that artists do now. Yeah, he had yeah. a deal with KFC. They like made jokes about him selling chicken. He was a fucking he was he a fucking blueprint for yeah. entrepreneurship, man. Yeah, he had a fucking yeah. he, had, he did everything. Like he took all of his people on tour. Like it was a lot of shit that he did early on. Like that was like very very like big and and like people like kind of, I think it was jealousy. Mm-hmm. And like um a lot of people didn't realize that. Like Jay Z talked about it in his book Decoded. Where, like, you know, he was doing something on such, like, a high scale. It was, like, unheard of. So he was like, oh, this dude's selling out. He's doing this. But, like, think about it now. Like, there's not a rapper that would not do the things that he was doing. It's just that he was the first. Yeah. So he was, like, the sacrificial lamb, like, having those relationships. And then, like, you know, he was a handsome dude. He was well. He he, he knew how to speak in front of white people because when he was a kid, he was a bad boy for the Oakland A's. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, MC Hammer understood how to move in mainstream America and that kind of like made a lot of like artists like feel like oh he not real he not this and then like they found out behind the scenes like MC Search 
And um, there were other rappers that like he had beef with that like he was like trying to like get killed and shit like that. Like he uh, was yeah. very much like he was very much on that like yo I will get you hurt shit right. And then like he was able to be around Sugar Knight and Tupac and like them niggas like fully respected him. Mm-hmm. Like there was no like yo come here bitch or none of that shit. Like MC Hammer was very well respected and fucking with them dudes. It's just that like so much shit was going on at that time it just didn't work out. But, yeah. Like, I just wanted to make sure I put that in the in here that like MC Hammer is not to be played with, like Big Boy and Andre said on that on VH1 um uh like little thing that they did Hammer whoop your ass. <laughs> oh yeah, Hammer don't play. Yeah, he don't fucking play, man. They call him MC Hammer for a reason because he got that fucking gun. <laughs> <laughs> no, they call him Good Hammer because they, they used to call him because he looked like Hank Aaron when he was a kid, and Hank Aaron's nickname is the Hammer because he got that <laughs> fucking <still>. gun. <laughs> That, but yeah, man, that nigga was the blueprint in a lot of ways. He had his own cartoon. He, you know, everything. Going he had his own cereal. He had yeah. tell dolls. Like he was, yo. If you really think about it, like yo, a lot of artists right now would love to have their own Mattel dolls and shit like that. Bruh. Can you imagine like a, a fucking Westside Gun Mattel doll? Right. Boom, 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 boom. That would actually be fucking cool as hell. Hell yeah. That'd be mad cool. I'll yeah. put that shit right here next to, <laughs> next to David Ruffin. Um, but. The uh, the album continues with One Love. Mm-hmm. It's produced by Pilo. It features Big Money Gang and Netta Brielle. Yeah. So surprisingly, this is my favorite track on the album. Mm. And I didn't think, like, it's rare that, like, when you listen to um, two albums and, like, once it gets towards the end, you kind of, like, it dies down. But, like, actually the tempo stays up. Mm-hmm. And I listened to this while I was doing, like, my driving that I had to do. And Reg, you gotta learn how to drive and get a car, cause you gotta get the feels for like these projects that you really fuck with, like you know what I'm saying, cause you like a lot of like Bay Area, yeah, music, and a lot of this music is made for being in cars. Mm-hmm. And yo, when I tell you like driving, listening to some of this music, man, like especially this project right here in the car, and like I don't got a crazy system. I I I drive a Ford EcoSport, guys, but I tell you. I be feeling like I'm in a fucking low ride. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, I can, I can, I can get that. I would, ima- I would imagine because I mean, shit. When I'm in a passenger seat, I get that vibe. Yeah, man. So I'm telling you, bro. Like it's, it's a great feeling. So yeah. And then of course it, uh, this album closes off with "For My Dog," which is a song you know dedicated to a friend of hers that she lost. Mm-hmm. Um, Cocaine James. But uh, who died? Who passed from cancer? It's a really sad song. It's not. It's not necessarily a song that's like for me. I don't. I can't listen to this song that much. Um, I have different interpretations. Different interpolations of a song like this, and they've been done a lot better hmm. when it when it dedicated to someone. I didn't think about it like that, but I did think it was dope that like you know this, this kind of song you would you don't you wouldn't anticipate to enjoy it or like nod your head to it, right? But you do. And it made me think of um, Master P's I Miss My Homies. Yeah. Master P's I Miss My... And then I was thinking about it, I was like, shit, Master P spent a lot of time out in the Bay when he moved out there with you know with his mom and he had his record store. Yep. And I was just like, damn, a lot of his sound, like, you know, he has a lot of New Orleans bounce in his music, but he also kind of has like a lot of Bay Area like sound in his early music. Yeah. And I was just like, damn, like this is this is like a cool record. Like, and then typically when people talk about like missing like their homies, it's usually because they got killed or mm-hmm. like, they died or something like that. 
you know, it's usually to gun violence, but like she's talking about like a subject like cancer. Yeah. And I think that that was dope. And, you know, I wasn't mad at it being the closer because it's like, I think like, it yeah, it's like, I feel like any, any anywhere else in the album, it would kind of like ruin the movie. Something like, like this, this one, like it ends it. And it was a nice dedication to like her boy. And I thought that was dope. And I, I really enjoyed like what she did with that. Something like this definitely needs to be the closer. It's um, it's a very heavy song. <clears throat> and it's it's kind of a triumph for her to be able to put a song dedicated out to her to her friend that she lost on her debut tape, yeah. you know? Um, so it's something that she definitely had to do. Um, but that brings us to the end of this project, man. 16 tracks. I think the album is, I mean, is no less than 40 minutes long. Kind of really just flows. Good night in the ghetto. What you think? What's your rating? So I give this rating um four out of five waffles. I give mm-hmm. it four out of five waffles. I'll give you the good. The production is immaculate throughout the whole entire project. Um, she definitely makes great hooks and she gives you really good anthems. I love the interludes. Um, she's not as lyrical as I would like, but that's not like that important. But I, I also feel like this. I know that this isn't her best project. Mm-hmm. I know that she, because you, like you said earlier, she was very green. Mm-hmm. So I feel that, like, you know, she probably has, on this project, you could tell, like, she has the talent. So I'm going to listen to more of her catalog now. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that I'm going to find, like, better projects. And I know that, you, that you're, that you like, the opposite of me. You don't compare, like, when you do albums, you just singularly um rated but mm-hmm. that's and that's the only way my brain is wired yeah so with me knowing that i was like yo there's so much more room for her for for her i know that this is not her best effort right so that's why i'm like all right i can give it four out of five waffles and like be okay with that and like if we look at the ratings that she got from from other from other publications mm-hmm. it's the same thing that she got nines out of tens 8.5s out of tens right so i think that like i'm kind of like spot on on the money and hopefully like kamaya it's cool with my rating too, because I know that she's a whole fucking thug. Yeah, yeah. I don't want no problems with Kamaya. No, not at all. Um oh, so also before I give my rating, um, just to just to go back a bit, um, this song for my dog, the closer, is actually dedicated to two of her friends. One okay. she lost to cancer, and the other one was murdered in Oakland in the summer of twenty fifteen. Wow. Okay. So um, yeah, so just to put some clarification on that. But um uh, for my overall rating, I will. I am comfortable giving it a four. I think this for this being such a new thing for her, for for her being like I said, so green and um, so new in the industry. It really, she really trailblazed. Like she really wasn't like grouped in and not compared to anybody else. I think she was on fire around this time too. I think the following year she was in a freshman ten. Um, and I was looking forward to everything that she was doing because she had all the right looks. I think this project does a good job of highlighting the type of artist that she is. Um, she's very hook heavy. She's very big on melodies. She's very big on the natural Bay Area sound. And mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, you know, we even mentioned it without even knowing, you know, how this record kind of ties into a lot of intricacies that the Bay has given us. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like with, whether it's MC Hammer or sounds like E-40 or even some of the samples on here. Um, so I think, and that's not to say that it wasn't done on purpose, but it was done very subtly. So like when you do realize it, you appreciate it more. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I can give it a four. A Good Night in the Ghetto, solid project. Shout out to Kamaya. 
Um, I think you guys should check it out when you get the chance and very and just delve into her music. And I think the Bay Area is doing some dope shit right now, too. I agree. Um, and I'm First Class Reg. I'm Tori and D. We are here. These are their stories. Dun, dun.